Is it time? This is the My New Norm podcast. And I'm your host, Barry Scott Young. You've heard that life is 10% what happens to us and 90% how we choose to respond to it. In this episode, we'll talk about shifting through life. We are adjusting and adapting to the conditions of the road, accelerating and braking. In today's My New Norm podcast, you'll hear from my close friend, Bryant Callahan. He will share his story of shifting through life's challenges. There? Yes, I'm here. How are you doing, Barry? I'm doing great. You're looking good. Did you even shave for this? I I don't shave, but once or twice a week. So, okay, I, well, shaved, you know, I shaved yesterday. So, no, I didn't I, shave for this one. <laughs> um, let's get into this. I am real excited to hear some of the stuff I don't know about you. Where were you raised? I know it wasn't in California. No, I was, I was born in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, Brooklyn, huh? Brooklyn, yeah. I used to have an accent, you know. I used to talk <laughs> like this all the time. <laughs> but when I got to California, they said, hey, you talk funny. Oh, <laughs> no. Teach my accent. <laughs> I talk like this. I oh, love it. If you could visualize where you were raised, you walk out of your house, what do you see? You know, walking out of my house in New York was was a chore because we lived on the 14th floor of an apartment building. Oh. And uh, oh, so we had to take an elevator or take uh, 14 flights of steps <laughs> to get oh, out of that my. building. So, <laughs> it's funny. We lived in what they call the projects. Nice. And, uh, I, I still remember my address, 345 Livonia Avenue, right next to the, uh, the train tracks for the subway. And we'd hear that going all night long, you know, click, 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 oh. click, 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 you know. <laughs> wow. So when you made it on the street, were you aware of maybe some dangerous people around you or or what? No, I never felt afraid. Uh, I intermingled with every race, every uh, gender, you know, and uh, actually when you're you were little like that, a lot of people protected you. You know, especially in mm. New York, you know, uh, if they saw something bad going on, they say, hey, get, get out of here. You don't want to see this. <laughs> and that's, uh, they would, wow. But, you know, one of the fond memories I had, and this one, uh, it drove my, my parents and my brothers crazy because my brothers would take off first thing in the morning. She wanted us out of the, out of the house. Uh, yeah. but I was only four, uh, almost five years old, and, you know, I had to stay around, but I snuck out after them. Many times they've taken me on the subways, and we go to this uh, – this beach and uh, that was about uh, three miles away called Canarsie. We'd go there and just play, throw sand and and uh, and chase throw horses. sand. Yeah, throw sand at each other and and, <laughs> and uh, for horseshoe crab, you know, <laughs> so in the horseshoe crabs and it would crush them all up. We thought that was great. So oh, one day they left my. me behind. 
And yeah. so I decided to follow him. So I knew how to get on the subway, you know, crawl under the, you know, they never saw me because I didn't have to pay any tokens because they never saw me. So I just go into the turnstile oh. and I'd catch the right train and I'd get to the right exit and I'd go down the stairs of the subway and I know the streets oh. to go on. And there they were on the beach where they always were. And they How were screaming old? at me. <laughs> huh? Wow. How old were you? Oh, I was I was almost five. I think it was uh, about five. two days or three days uh, shy of my birthday. Good and grief. I was going to start school that year. So I thought I was grown up enough to, to follow them. And uh, so, oh, they, they just went crazy. They were, they were shaking me and pulling me by my father <laughs> and... It took me back on the subway and made me go back home. My mom was screaming at me. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Here's that Jewish uh, one. No, you stupid kid. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's some good memories I'm stirring up. I had no fear whatsoever at the time, you know. it was. What strange. was your favorite store? Gosh, it was a candy store right uh, probably a, a half a block away. And they had these big jars of uh, treats, you know, they had gumballs, they had uh, uh, rock candy, and they had uh, these coconut uh, macaroons. Those were my favorite. So I would save up my pop bottles and, uh, you know, because they were two cents to return them back in. And one of those uh, macaroons cost five cents. So I'd save enough pop bottles to get one of the macaroons and go to the wow. store and they'd let you pick it out of the jar. So you'd reach your old grubby hand in there and pick out. Oh, the no. <laughs> no. It was life in, in New York, you know? And then oh, they said, get out of here, kid. <laughs> oh my. So obviously this was pre-diabetic state, right? Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Well, yeah. what's a child memory that you have that you think about? all the time. One of the uh, disadvantages of living in New York, uh, there were a lot of infighting between uh, ethnic groups. Uh, they had gangs, gangs with names. They had the bishops and the Roman lords and the the Spartans. And, you know, they would all, you know, decide that they wanted to do a gang war fight. And, you know, having the advantage point of living on the 14th floor, you know, we could see a lot of those happen right out in front of our apartment complex. And so right. that was kind of strange because, you know, we always hear the, the terrible stories of people getting shot. You know, that that was a little scary. So uh, I was leery of that. So whenever I saw a gang together, I would run and, and try to get at home as soon as I could or hide. There was a lot of bushes yeah. around the apartment building. So I'd hide in bushes, too, just to get wow. out of them. So that was wow. the more tense moments in and living yeah. there. And we were yeah. able to go out when I was such a young kid that, uh, you know, we put ourselves in harm's way a lot of time because we didn't understand. What were your friends like? You ever see the Bowery Boys? Yeah. Yeah, we were yeah. like that. <laughs> there was a, a head guy and he would tell you what to do and where to go and what we were going to do for the day. <laughs> and you follow. <laughs> oh, my. And it was always an adventure. I, the leader of my group was a guy named Howie Kargauer. Uh, he was a Polish kid that lived in our our building, and he was the mm -hmm. kind of guy, the kind of kid that would gather us around and, and let's go do something fun, kind of thing. And we would go and just find things to do that were fun. Wow, I have never heard this. 
And yet I've <laughs> known you, known you for years. I am so excited we're doing this. When you think back, since you're still in the childhood mode, what was your thinking about your future? Were you thinking about leaving? Were you thinking about a job when you're a kid? What was your escape or your your thinking? My my first escape that I remember is uh, I was going to school. You know, when I, that episode about going to Canarsie and riding the subway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like uh, three weeks away from going to my first kindergarten class at PS two nineteen in in Brooklyn, New York. So that was exciting. That was that was an exciting moment. Starting school, you know, riding the bus, you know, over to uh, to school, and uh, that's uh, the age of busing. They just started busing us from oh, uh, wow. different neighborhoods because uh, PS two nineteen was in a Jewish neighborhood, and it was mm-hmm. all these. Uh, you know, white, proper Jewish little boys and girls. And here comes all these Puerto Ricans and street urchins like me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So already the thinking was, well, let me ask you, did you think, wow, I'm going to do something different with my life. I don't want to stay here. That kind of thing. Is that, was that your thinking? You know, uh, you always dream of, of, going somewhere else. But in New York, I was always hoping that one day we would move to, you know, a different house, a different place, you know, that was just a house, but that never happened. And then one day, uh, my stepfather, um, who, uh, happened to be Filipino. So I grew up with a Mm -hmm. Filipino stepfather most of my life. And that was, that had its, its joys and, and, and challenges in that. But, uh, he was in the Navy. That's how him and my mom met. We uh, got the word that we were moving to San Diego, California. Well, we thought we were going to Hollywood. You know, when oh, I went to school, you know, the next day, I said, hey, we're going to Hollywood. You know, we're going to go oh, see all the movie stars and we're going to live there and, and have great <laughs> times. And everybody did. They knew less than I did. San Diego, is, is that, that's right there by Hollywood, you know. And so that was all that was on our mind. So I was like, really excited to come to California. Now, how old were you when you landed in San Diego? Uh, I was in the third grade, so uh, oh. that's about uh, I, I probably seven, eight, somewhere around there. Okay, still quite quite young. Yeah. Still quite um, young. Where do we go from there? What happens in San Diego? Well, San Diego—that's where you know uh, most of my life was. You yeah. know, uh, went to elementary school there. I went there through high school. You know, and uh, yeah. that was that was my life. The the typical go to school. I went to uh, Kit Carson Elementary School and graduated from. Actually, I went to two high schools because we moved to Spring Valley in San Diego. Okay, and so I went uh, from Kearney High School in in Linda Vista to uh, Mount Miguel High School in Spring Valley, and that's where I actually graduated from. And from there, oh, I see. there was a, a whole new experience of life uh, after yeah. that. When did you move out of the home and on your own? It was shortly after I graduated high school. Actually, I got an apartment uh, and a job uh, before I left uh, high school in my senior year. And so I had enough money at that time to actually put a down payment for a for an apartment. And my girlfriend at the time, uh, that's another story, uh, you know, <laughs> being as young as we were, our hormones were flying and we found ourselves uh, with child. 
So uh, <laughs> here I was, a senior in high school, graduating, walking with, uh, you know, getting my diploma and a to-be dad in the making, you know, and uh, that was uh, exciting and scary and uh, and disastrous and whatever, mm. you know, <laughs> all the emotions that go with it. But sure. We had a great son, and uh, and that was and and that was great. But you know, the trouble with that is we were so young, and we had no idea who we were. Right, uh, right. We were so different, so far apart. But I, the only thing I owe uh, gratitude to that relationship was that's where I found uh, Jesus. It, during that time is when I gave my heart to the Lord. How old? Nineteen. Nineteen. Okay. Yeah, I just turned nineteen. When uh, when I got married, and that was right out of high school. Yeah. Man, we're talking about shifting through life. There's been a lot of shifts, yeah. uh, you know, and, and continued to shift. You know, it's interesting. The studies that I have done with people and myself, it's become really obvious that you change your job, your family, and life by changing you. It's never outside of yourself. Changes come because you're changing. And when you're changed, it changes everything that you're part of. You know, so that experience that you had at 19 did a radical change on you because it wasn't too long down the road that we're going to meet up and become a dynamic duel. We then together are helping youth to not go down the path that maybe you and I did, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so we'll take it on from there. What else? After well, 19, you know, what's after the next my thing? Senior surprise, um, you know, <laughs> I, got, I got a job at uh, National Steel and Shipbuilding Company and uh, NASCO. NASCO, yeah, where we built ships for uh, commercial tankers and for the U.S. Navy. And okay, um, I have to stop you. I have to stop. Tell me the year that happened, and did you think you would be there until the end towards no, retirement? No, yeah. had no idea. It was a job that I can get yeah. money to pay my rent, and, and, yeah. and so you had no idea family. it was going to be a career. No, I had no idea. Uh, I always thought that I was going to go back to school and take some college. I did take a semester of, uh, or half a semester of junior college, but work got so uh, pressing and uh, having a child got even more pressing. So that right. got put to the side. Right. I had a 43-year journey of working in the shipyard from uh, working as a helper Sweeping, uh, sweeping trash and uh, and debris to uh, actually running, uh, heading a department in in the engineering department. I was actually classified as a as an engineer for design um, of wow. piping systems on navy ships, and wow. uh, so that's how I, that's where I uh, I retired from making seven dollar. No, it was five sixty eight dollars an hour for a helper. Uh, mm -hmm. To when I finished uh, in forty three years at one hundred and ten thousand dollars a year, so it was, right? it was a big a big transition. Yeah, it was yeah for sure. I'm going to surprise you. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to listen to this voice, and you tell me who it is. Hi, this is Tim Barker. I am originally from my mother, <laughs> born and raised in San Diego. Currently. 
in Atlanta, Georgia, where I met my Georgia peach uh, 23 years ago. That's the reason I'm still here. She's worth it. And I uh, just wanted to call and just say how much I appreciate Brent and, and um, his role in my life. The trips to Yosemite with Barry and gang as part of Faith Chapel uh, youth were instrumental. And I, I doubt that I would be a, a Christ follower this day to this day without that um seeing that um example and having that encouragement and uh, just really appreciating all, all that you've done and did for us again not knowing how much of an impact um that has made on our lives my life and others in that youth group so appreciate it hope you're all doing well and uh thank you again bye-bye that was Tim Barker. Gosh, that's a name I I had not heard since. I know since we, the last Yosemite trip when Pastor Greg wanted to know whose junky car was that in the parking <laughs> lot. <laughs> oh, was that's great! And he was going nuts. Why is this car here? <laughs> uh, no. What car was that? The Honda? No. Oh, I can't remember. I just remember that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have, I have one more voice for you. Can you hear it okay? Yeah. Okay. Listen to this. Hi, my name is Mary Lou Rogo. I'm calling from South Dakota. And I just wanted to uh, just give a shout out to Bryant Callahan. Man, I remember you, Bryant, so well. You were always Barry's right-hand man. Anytime he was up for an adventure, you were right there ready to go. Uh, specifically, I remember <laughs> we would be um, headed somewhere, maybe camp, maybe the beach, but Barry would have those conehead termessin on. And, uh, <laughs> you guys would wear those coneheads. You didn't care. It was just awesome. It was good for a laugh. And then other times, like uh, uh, just going up to Hume Lake for camp or Yosemite, and um, you guys were dressed for adventure for there, too. But um, one of the things I want to say, even though it was super fun to have you there, I know what a great support you were always and to all of us kids. And you took the time to spend the time to invest in all of our lives along with Barry and Barb. And, uh, and you know, now we're all growing up and everything, but it was the time that you took to invest in all of us that we all appreciate. Uh, thank you so much, Brian. I think of you very fondly and have lots of great memories of our youth group. Um, it was just some of the best times of our lives, I think. So anyway, sending you lots of love and, uh, and God bless you always, Bryant. You take care. Well, what do you think of that surprise? No fear. You're making me cry. <laughs> what Sing thoughts come to your mind? You're making me cry like a baby. Stop it. Oh. <laughs> we had some good times. We had some good times. And and those those particular youth were, were strategic in our ministry because they were the influencers mm -hmm. of uh, of what our ministry was. They saw it, uh, they took it hold hold of it, put it in their heart, and they wanted to serve the Lord and they wanted to uh to be like us. Mm -hmm. As their example, they wanted to serve the Lord and, and do things that would promote uh, the youth of, uh, of, of San Diego uh, to uh, seek uh, 
you know, uh, saving grace in, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. Well, when I think about my life and your life, people took the time to invest in us. And it just seemed natural to do the same. And I hope listeners today are thinking about people that either they can help or make an impact in their life, or maybe a friend that they have that just needs a phone call or an email or stopping by because we don't know what people are going through. It's not always shown on their faces. No. And sometimes the spur of the moment thought or action is the right time to do something. So I just wanted to throw it in. Brian, when you think back of all the shifting that you've done in in your life, what would you say was the most difficult season to go through? Oh, you know, um, I have a wonderful marriage relationship now. I'm married to Janine, and she's a a wonderful woman. We're both uh, broken in our our way because we both had broken marriages and uh and I stepped into a uh, a blended family uh, situation, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's it's made it made me grow up even faster. Uh, even though I was uh, older as it was, I was in my forties almost uh, when I met Janine. We both uh, had um, uh, she had three children, and I I brought my youngest uh, one into the family, and it was a struggle. Uh, getting mm-hmm. through uh, that, but we did it together. We did it through uh, the love of God because we were both devout Christians, and uh, we did it through homeschooling because we felt that uh, we could teach our children better than than uh, than the the city schools. And uh, but you know, when, when it came down to the end of it, we we created a uh, united uh, family unit that uh, that was strong strong and wanted to succeed in life. And, and they all did. They're all yeah. professionals. They are all either lawyers or engineers or, um, or, or district managers and, 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 and somewhat of, uh, of ways of their life. Uh, yeah. so, you know, I, I look back and I say, you know, God has been good. And, uh, even though the, I had some bumps along the road, like, you know, the, the one that comes to my mind mo- most importantly was the death of my second wife, uh, dying of cancer, uh, mm. uh, j- just devastated me. Uh, let me, let me ask you, where were you when you and Cheryl heard for the first time cancer? We were uh, in San Diego at uh, Sharp Hospital, yeah, Sharp Hospital, and she was experiencing pain in her back all the time. They thought it was a, a vertebrae, but okay. uh, in further investigation, uh, the pain that was being caused was uh, the pericardium, uh, where the heart sets, uh, was squeezing because there was so much fluid in there, and they found out the fluid was there because there was cancer throughout her body. So mm. it was. Uh, it was devastating. I, 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 I was losing everything that I ever thought was was possible, you know, in happiness. Yeah. Uh, the only saving grace was I had my my son Ryan, and he was, yeah. you know, he was four years old, 
you know, it reminded me of my four-year-old. I could never imagine me going out on the subway and looking at my son, Ryan, and thinking that he would do that, you know, that, that, mm. that would just drive me crazy. Uh, mm. But yeah, that, that was uh and that was a defining moment of my life. It changed me. It changed yeah. uh, everything I, I thought about God, everything I thought about my life in Jesus Christ. Uh, but uh, it changed me in one way. It made me stronger to believe in him because I wanted one day to be able to see Cheryl again, you know, because yeah. that's what the, yeah. she was my wife at the time. How and long were you two married? Well, only, only eight years. It was, the, years. you know, a short time. But yeah. it was a strategic time in, in my and her life as well. Yeah. I'm going to ask you something that is really remarkable. And that is, how did you meet your wife now, Janine? Oh, gosh. <laughs> this gosh. is a great story. Janine, <laughs> you know the story, so you're setting yes. me up. Uh, when Cheryl was dying and uh, we had to have hospice come to our condo and uh and help me to uh help uh cheryl uh mm -hmm. go through the stages there was a young uh a younger woman that came and watched cheryl for me while i could go to work and she watched ryan and took care of of cheryl as well and um we we began a relationship because she was a new christian you know she had just uh gone to a um a what was it? A uh, Calvary Chapel crusade and got saved and uh, changed her life around because she went through a horrible, horrible divorce with her, with her husband. And uh, she had, you know, just uh, no vision of where this was all going to happen for her uh, since her husband uh, left her. But then God was grace, gracious to her, and um, we hooked up together. I don't know if that was gracious of God to put me in her life, but she was she was a fantastic woman as it was. Uh, but it, it worked. It worked for both of us, and we shortly, right after that, uh, we got married to the chagrin of a lot of friends and people that we we knew. They they couldn't understand why I would marry so uh, so quickly after Cheryl died, but I. I, I needed to be loved and I mm. knew that I needed, I needed someone to comfort me and, and to that. I and could you wanted me. to love someone else. Yeah. And I wanted to comfort yeah. somebody else. I, I think in the beginning that was uh, uh, a hindrance, but uh, in the, as the relationship got on the relationship between Janine and I uh, just yeah. started getting stronger and stronger and stronger it's not that I forgot the relationship with Cheryl. I'll never forget that relationship. But uh, I took on the whole new relationship of raising three kids that were not my own right. and and a young son. And then I had three, uh, you know, two other boys that were already out of the house and living their lives and, and trying to navigate all that. But it, it worked. Janine and I yeah. were successful because Janine is a, a a strong and dedicated woman. Uh, right. regardless of my, uh, stupidity, she was, uh, mm. I would say she was the smart one. Uh, she, mm. she kept me in, 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 uh, in the realm of remembering who I am in the house and what God is doing in my life. Wow. And, uh, wow. I owe a great deal to Janine mm. for that. What was the adjustment for experiencing the empty nest? 
when all the kids took off. Elation. (laughs) (laughs) Give us a little bit more. (laughs) How did your life change when they left? Well, Janine and I uh, got to just uh, explore each other. Yeah, and, uh, the emotions and the uh, and, and and the depth of our relationship. That's where our our relationship challenged. We had the kids to rely on because we had to uh, put all the energy towards them, getting them yeah. to school, homeschooling them, getting them through college. You know, it, it's it was a big chore. But after they left, you know, um, and, and started lives of their own. You know, Janine had and I had to start working on our relationship, mm-hmm. uh, bringing it back to what we first uh experience when we first met each other yeah and, uh, but i don't think we ever get back to that i think we get right only further into what god wants us to do yeah it gets it gets deeper now, so how long have you been married now you may have already said it but 26 years how many 26 years <laughs> wow man See, you have lived a few lives you know <laughs> amazing i want to ask you what if you could go back and give your 18 year old self one piece of advice what would it be <sighs> stay true to god you know never doubt that the path that he's laid for me in my life is the right path. It's, it's not what I think I could alter or uh, improve on, but it's what he directs me. And the only way he can do that is if we stay true to his word. We mm. stay true to what the Bible says about serving God and who God is and the, uh, and the love that he has for us, even in correction and the love that he has for us, that he died on the cross for us. Uh, those are, monumental in in a relationship when you make that part of your life uh if you're just experiencing the outs uh, the outside portion of of the cross you don't really seek or see the benefit of uh going at the foot of the cross and and laying it all out for jesus Mm -hmm. to to tell you what what needs to be done in your life wow listen to the lord yeah appreciate that well, here you, here you are, now retired. What's the big difference after you've worked your whole life? Your life has got to change in so many ways. But give us an idea of your re- retirement. What's going on right now? We live the typical, re- wonderful retirement. You know, uh, we have... Nothing really that uh, the kids are all grown. They're all professionals. They all have their lives. Uh, we're not chasing, you know, kids that are, you know, uh, uh, still thinking that they're uh, teenagers. Uh, these are all kids yeah. that we've got to, to be grown ups. We have relationship with them now instead of being the correctors and the guiders. Uh, a lot of times they correct and guide us, too. And uh mm. And it's just a, a great experience to be uh, with adult children. Every one of them uh, has a, a different, unique part of uh, who Janine and I are. Because, uh, wow. you know, that's the way things are. You learn, you keep learning, even yeah. if it's from your children, you yeah. know, if they grow older. 
you know, yeah. and uh, I learned a lot from my first two boys that are, you know, are growing up, you know, it's, it's just a wonderful experience to see how God has structured the family to be. And mm-hmm. not that we're perfect because the Lord knows we're not perfect, but mm-hmm. our structure was good because we struggled in the structure. We struggled in the raising, but then uh, seeking God brought us solace and, and peace and direction. And mm-hmm. that's the only thing I can say. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful wow. experience. When you look at your morning routine when you were working, give us a piece of what that was like and then compare it with your routine now being retired. Well, first thing in the morning, you have to have a cup of coffee. <laughs> what time is this? What time was your routine starting? My, my routine was 5.30 in the morning. And so uh. I get to work and, and I pray and drink coffee and get myself ready for the day. And uh, what I do now in retirement, I get up in the morning, I drink coffee. At 10? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I get up at probably regularly about uh, 6.30, uh, 7 oh, o'clock. Oh, it's too early. Yeah, it's there. But, you know, I'm finding that I'm going to bed earlier now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I can't stay up like I used to. And uh, Yeah. But, you know, things... You know, those are habits that you, you pick up when you're younger and they're not bad habits. You know, they're, you know, that cup of coffee in the morning, the caffeine, the drugs that we're getting there are, are, yeah. are, are useful. And, uh, and, and the prayer time is, is sweet. Janine and I, uh, we try, uh, to, uh, go through our devotional. We have a, a devotional book that we've been going through for the last two or three years. And we just keep going back to page one and, and rereading it. It's a Paul Tripp uh, book. Mm-hmm. And uh, after we go through the uh, devotional, uh, we pray and we ask God for guidance and direction for the day for us and for our children. And if mm-hmm. we have special needs, uh, we, we bring that all out then. We say amen, we kiss each other, and then boom, we're, we're off to our life in the day. And it could be anything. It could be going to the grocery store. It could be going to visit the kids. We can, it, it can be just about anything. And, and, and we enjoy every bit of it. We live in a, we moved from a, from a secluded neighborhood to a, uh, a city type neighborhood. And we get to walk around and, you know, go to the downtown and, and, and it's within walking distance. And, you know, we're really enjoying that now. So we, we do wow. a lot of us time now. Wow. That sounds awesome. I was thinking as you were talking that your life has changed quite a bit. And the shifting that you've had to really do in life has been something you learn as you go. Yeah. Because you you had no idea what's around the next corner. And sometimes it could be very, very difficult, unexpected. But you've been real faithful to keep going, not getting stuck. As we talked about shifting through life, it would be the same for listeners that there's things they are facing right now that six months ago they never thought possible. There's a year that we've just endured of major changes, but you keep on going. You keep on learning. One of the big things 
that I think has helped you, I don't see you getting stuck with frustration on trying to change something that is beyond your power, that you've concentrated more on what am I in control over? Because it's not about what life presents. It's really more about how we respond to it. Mm-hmm. And and I think you have responded well in life, and uh, I I just really appreciate your story. You know, we all have one, but I appreciate you sharing your life. You you were able to share things that you probably haven't thought of in a long time today with us. Uh, but it's you. It's your story. Yeah, and. As you have so beautifully said today, it's really about God's faithfulness walking with you that's made the difference for you. Um, what do you see beyond retirement? What What's left that you want to be involved in or you want to do? I think we're doing that now. You know, as as a married couple, we, we have different things. Janine's still involved in... Uh, she she quilts, so she's involved with her uh, quilting friends, and and I'm nice. involved with uh, you know my friends, and uh, we we just enjoy the company that we spend, and we spend a lot of time together, and then we spend time with our adult children, and mm. that's that's also very pleasurable most of the time. Mm. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a real pain in the neck, but <laughs> but generally uh, it's it's great to be with our kids. Yeah, um, and, and they're all uh, they're all gracious to us, and, and and I think we want to continue in that. But uh, all you know, I think I, I, what I I like doing most of all is encouraging our friends that are not retired uh, when they come up and say, "Well, how did you do it? Uh, how do wow. you get to be retired?" Because yeah, they want wow. they want so much to retire, and you have that you know that wisdom to say you know plan and save, put money away. Uh, it's important. You can't, you shouldn't spend it all on, on, you know, menial things. You, you should right. uh, think about what your future is going to be like uh, and then do it because right. all the people I know, and I know that's not, uh, that's not typical with everybody um, that I know is that um, they're all planning and they want to mm-hmm. plan and they want to know how to plan. And, and, and it's important to have a planning, uh, a plan in place because that's where you can focus on what you need to do. When you don't have a plan in place, you're you're looking and and pulling at straws, and you have so no. So you were very very intentional yes. about your retirement. I wanted to retire early, and I did. I retired at sixty, sixty four instead of uh, six. No, at sixty two. No, 64. I retired at 64. Okay. And um, I wanted to retire in 2008, but uh, the stock market didn't help me. So (laughs) (laughs) all the money I needed to do is lost in that that debacle. But, but, you know, I I was faithful to just keep it going. I never pulled out of it. And it built back up. And so it it helped me to to do what I'm doing. And, and, And I'm enjoying retirement. Sounds like you've been able to do some traveling as well. Yes. I know that you two like to travel. What what places have you uh, enjoyed? 
Well, we we went as a family to uh, to Germany to visit one of our you know, our oldest, uh, my oldest stepson, because uh, he was in the uh, Air Force. And uh, then we've been to uh, the Czech Republic. Uh, my son Ryan was, uh, when he graduated high school, the first thing he did was fill his backpack up and, and him and his friend uh, took their uh, graduation money, bought plane tickets and went to Europe and hitchhiked wow. and and stayed in hostels for you know about two months and uh, came back home and then he got his degree and then went back to uh, Europe. And uh, wow. he was in Czech Republic a couple of times, and then he went to Germany, got his master's degree, and then he uh, now he's a software engineer uh, over in England. That's where he lives. Our oh, other kids are much the same. Uh, Heather is a lawyer. She just decided that she wanted to be a lit major, and she got her master's in lit and realized that lit majors don't make a lot of money. <laughs> so she went back to school and became a lawyer. And the other boys were engineers, and and, and uh, it's you know it's just a processing your your children grow, but that's that's the model that they got. They got that model not only from from me and and Janine, but they got it from their from their mom Janine and and their dad. Uh, which, regardless of what the relationship between him and his ex wife was, um, he he was a big influence in his children's life. I think the. The longer we live, we also have the ability to have more wisdom than we did when we were younger. You know, we, we, we have more experience to draw from. What would you like to say in closing? Maybe something that you thought of and you didn't get to share or what would be a, kind of a last word here to our listeners? only thing I can say is that uh, God's not done yet. Mm. When you think you're old and, uh, and, and you've done everything that you, you think you can do, God has more for you. He has something that he wants you to do. Uh, leave your heart and your mind open to what God, God's directing is leading you because uh, there's something for everybody until the end, mm. until the very end. Even at the end of Cheryl's life, there was a, a young lady next to her in, in her in the room next to her that was dying of cancer as well. She was only twenty years old, and Cheryl got out of her bed one day to to go walking, and she went into that little girl's room and and just you know told her to to hang in there. God's with her, mm. and you know there's always something yeah that God has and that's planning for you. Don't ever give up on God because he's not going to give up on you. And wherever you are and what season you're in, you can make a difference. Absolutely. In someone's life. Absolutely. Well, I thank you for taking the time to share your story and the heart and the faith that you have has brought you to this place. As I recount our relationship, it has been very impactful to know you. Uh, I love you. I hope to see you again soon. And I'm really, really proud of you. 